Take a swig of beer. Have you guys ever been rejected from going into a no. movie? Oh. <laughs> what? From going into like a movie. <laughs> like a movie that you weren't supposed to because of rating yeah, or something? Yeah, like age. Like have you ever been actually turned away at a movie theater for uh, your age? No. I don't remember. I don't think so. I wasn't the type to like... Actually, what we would do is like we would see a movie and then we'd sneak into another movie that we weren't supposed to go to when we were like 15. But I've yeah. never like uh, like that's how we operated. We didn't do um, yeah. I didn't like try. I didn't like put on a fake mustache and be like, "Hey, can I see Braveheart?" They're like, "No, you ten year old." Clearly, well, not. obviously not that. But I was just thinking more like, "Oh, you go to see a rated R movie and they're just like, nope, you can't come in." I would more do the no. I, that that never happened to me. That would more happen if I tried to like rent a movie on my own at like a VHS place. That probably happened. I haunted yeah. the, the the neighborhood VCR shop quite a bit. VCR shop? But then eventually they got <laughs> to know you. <laughs> I mean, hey, it, it could have also doubled as the neighborhood VCR shop uh, as well. It probably did. Yeah. It probably did. But like at your movie store, like your local movie store, you'd always get, like eventually the, the people would get to know you and they'd let you rent whatever you wanted. Maybe I think like by the except time porn, I was a teenager, it's like a sub porn. But it's, by the time I was a teenager, it would be like acceptable for me to rent an R-rated film. I think we had like Netflix and the internet. I don't know. I don't remember mm. when I stopped renting movies. Yeah, so I rented movies for a long time, because I remember I, we were subscribed to Netflix back when uh, when it was still like the DVD delivery service. Yeah, that was the best. Yeah, and like that's. Because I would rent from Blockbuster constantly, mostly video games. I go to my local Video Droid and rent like N64 games, and right. And then I'd rent like this good bygone era. My God, anyone <laughs> under the age of twenty is like, who are these fucking fossils? <laughs> but the, my whole point of this dinosaurs. I actually had a point to this. Was okay. uh, What's your point? Was that the the Matrix, the third Matrix movie, was the only movie I've ever been denied. No uh, way. There's the link. Yeah. We yeah. have the link. I was. I just go on tangents. I'm glad you got to it because we have a lot to do today. <laughs> <laughs> so we were we were just gonna do the new Matrix film, and I, in my infinite fucking wisdom, yesterday, decided it would be a great idea to do the trilogy first, which which entailed myself watching all four movies in the span of 24 hours, and. I think I've lost my fucking mind. I mean, I knew basically what to expect. I love the first movie. I knew that the second two were like bananas. They had some good stuff, but overall were not the best. And then I had no idea what to expect in the the fourth one. I hoped it would be good. Um, (laughs) But uh, yeah, Uh, so I watched all of them. So stupid. Such a stupid idea. (laughs) I think I have brain damage. Like it's so it's too like it's too much it's too much action schlock for one you, brain to you like went, take in. You went from two and a half hours to around like ten hours, maybe. 
Oh yeah, film? more because they're all over two hours. Yeah. Oh, actually, yeah, probably around. I think the two last hours, one's three hours, out. isn't it? It's like no. two and a half. I don't oh, okay. know. It felt like nine hours. <laughs> yeah, the last but one feels. We'll get really there. Long. So this episode will be us talking about the original trilogy. Uh, you know what? I think this is my penance. I think this is self-inflicted penance somehow for making you guys watch Christmas with the Cranks, and like mm. the karma is so much worse than the reward. You know, you, I, I have you've been self-flagellated with the exactly. fucking Matrix movies. <laughs> exactly. I hope so. This is my form of self-flagellation. I hope so, because I haven't been able to get Tim Allen out of my head all day, all oh. night for the past week. Oh, really? I Ugh. forgot that movie as soon as the credits rolled. As soon as the credits rolled, my brain was like, hmm, "Let's fold up this neat little packet of pointless information and." <laughs> And Man. just throw it away. By the time this comes out, that episode will have been out for a few weeks. So I can't wait to can't wait for you to relive the magic, as it were. Uh, I mean, it's, I hope you made it as funny as you say. But um, yeah, they, don't uh, hey, don't 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 telegraph that. <laughs> what if it's not at all? <laughs> <laughs> it probably won't be. It's funny to me. Just a super cut of you guys going insane. Oh, Jesus. All right. Um, But let's talk about The Matrix, starring Keanu Reeves. The only good one? The only good one. The only full good one. The other ones, the other, uh, the the second two are, like, interesting. Uh Uh-huh. I will Uh say. I'll give them um, that, too. This one is is fully, like, a good movie. Yeah. Yeah. The second two have great, like, concepts that are kind of just ham-fisted into a really crappy action story. I think the first one... is just the perfect formula of like a block smart blockbuster movie i don't know i just think that it they did everything almost everything right yeah i mean and that's it it. (laughs) (laughs) that's that's our review on to the next one to the next movie second one uh (laughs) matrix reloaded uh uh, no the first one i think is didn't suffer from self-awareness which is what made it really special and unique and you know, I think it was also just one of the, like the first movies that was taking this kind of hacker neo punk genre and bringing it to the mainstream, and and making it something that wasn't kind of like hackers, like the movie. Hackers. I mean, I was gonna say hack the yeah, planet. Right. Let's hack the planet, bro. You know, it was a little more, I guess, realistic. You would say, but it, it you know, it, it was just a solid sci-fi action movie. So it starts off, I, I love the first half of this film. It had been a while since I've seen it, but I've seen it so many times and I, I always love it because the first half of the movie is like really grounded, right? It takes itself like really seriously and has this really cool tone where you don't know what's going on. If you can put yourself back into the position of not knowing what the Matrix is, like watching it for the first time, which I tried to do and I am able to do pretty successfully when I watch it. It's like this really serious kind of mind-bending storyline that incorporates all of this like body horror that I don't feel like people talk about much. And I think it's that's because like the second half of the movie gets into like corny, silly, cartoony territory. Still fun. All that stuff is fun and it's well done. But like the first half of this movie, I I don't know. Do, do you agree with that? So there's a essay called mirrored shades and it was written sometime in the late 1970s or the early 1980s and it was about the cyberpunk genre and that was like emerging in sci-fi 
And in this essay, I can't think of the author's name right now, but in the essay he talks about how the human body becomes more involved with the sci-fi technology. And it was less about like being in a spaceship that was built by engineers and being part of like this big company campaign and things like that. And he's like, what cyberpunk does is take the sci-fi and it brings it down on this like human level where you literally have to like wire your body up and everything. And like you jimmy it up and whatnot. You like MacGyver your way into this sci-fi world. And he's like, that's what sci-fi will be like for the people. And he coined the term cyberpunk. And mm. oh, is it William Gibson? Maybe it could be. Could have been. Anyway, but I've never heard of this. This is super interesting. I mean, the movie does that shit, man. Oh it's, yeah, uh, like when they implant the bug into him. That's a little horrifying little scene. Oh, exactly. Oh, yeah. One of my favorite scenes in cinema is when he's pulled out of the Matrix, and he's birthed from oh. the robotic womb, and it's like the the birth imagery. And then you have him descending. He's dropped in and then ascent into the new world. Like, it's just so well handled and the practical effects are so fucking good. That's a really great point that you made, Jesse, about body horror. And it's something that I never really thought about myself when I would watch The Matrix was that there's quite a bit of, like, pretty cool early effects, like the mouth like kind of, like, melting shut and this whole... Then when mm-hmm. they take the bug out... And it like yeah. it's, it's an organic bug when they take it out uh. and they throw it out the window and it hits the ground and it like reverts into like a machine. Like I thought that was really a lot of great show not tell in the first Matrix, and that's really impressive ah. in a movie like this because it's so complicated of a world that they're trying to get across, and they really only they do it pretty gracefully in one exposition scene with Morpheus when he's like, yes, he does that whole scene. I mean, of course, we'll get there, but like, yes, that's that's really no, we're how there. You, <clears throat> that's a really <laughs> great exposition scene. I think that's like if you want to look at textbook. How to do exposition? Boom, right there. It's cool. They they incorporate great visuals to keep your mind occupied. It's very cliff notes. He's like, okay, the machines and uh, we made machines. They rebelled. We split and diverged from one another. Machines were more powerful. You know, we had a war. We block out the sun. Like it was like mm-hmm. all the boom, 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 boom bullet points. And you're like, yep, I'm on board. I get it. I'm with it. Cool, dude. I'm in the world. Jeff. You're on it. I have the exact same notes and it's um it's like you said it was show don't tell and I think you sent that to me and I it made me think about it. Because this movie I don't agree that it's show don't tell. What I do think it does is showing and telling at the same time in a way that's perfectly balanced. Because this is not a universe that you can show don't tell or if you could it would be really fucking difficult and I don't know how you would do it. But what they do And what the sequels fail to do is balance it in terms of like the narrative pacing, the pacing of the film and the scenes themselves. That scene with Morpheus is the perfect example. I had the same one in my notes because it's he's telling you all this information about the Matrix, but you have the visual aids. It's not just two people with a shot, reverse shot, shot, reverse shot, shot, reverse shot, talking and telling you information. That's boring. That's a bad way to do exposition. This movie does it so fucking well because it's it's using the visual language of cinema in conjunction with telling you things to keep you interested. 
And not only that, but it, it gives you that and then it and then it draws back. You're you're allowed to like process that information for a while. There's some action or plot progression or something, and then it does some more exposition. It's like perfectly paced. But it's subtle. It's in the, 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 like you're saying, it allows itself to breathe like a good wine. It tells you all this stuff, and then it puts enough action, enough pacing going forward to where you're allowed to kind of put what, almost like put the movie on back, on the back burner, and think about what you just did without missing anything. And I just want to go real quick, just one last point about that scene is I think what makes it so successful is they took Morpheus and almost turned him into a narrator in that moment like you're saying like it wasn't he wasn't a character in that moment he kind of his voice almost took over the mix and he was now talking as this like bigger third person narrator like as almost almost like omniscient like this is what happened and then we blocked out the sun and then they Mm -hmm. turned us into batteries and we're just like and that last line like turning the human body into this and he just puts up the d battery it's just yeah. like, boom it just hits so well i think that yeah all everything that you're going that you really take <laughs> alex that. is high take it again I think i'm getting drunk everything alex is high. that you guys are saying is even made more impressive by the fact that the genre is sci-fi because sci-fi lends itself to needing to talk a little more and tell a little more than showing sometimes right yeah there's good sci-fi that tells just because it has to but then like obviously it learns how to show and there's sci-fi that is extremely bad because all it does is tell and so what the matrix did was like not only did it do this really complicated dance but it did it like in the most how do i say it like the most difficult arena to do it in, in my opinion. Maybe other than yeah. maybe something like fantasy, well, I think, right? Yeah, Blade Runner 2049, I think, is a great example of a movie that shows and doesn't tell. Okay. The movie is very, like, scant on exposition, and it more just brings I mean, you along in that universe. The first one as well, I, I feel like. Yeah, well, the first one even more yeah, so. Yeah, <laughs> the first one is yeah, like, I'm going, whoa. <laughs> I, I, I didn't even want to enter that territory. I yeah. was like, that first one's like a K-hole. Yeah. But, uh, but what, what, yeah, but this this movie, it kind of, it's very soft almost. And I think that's a really great way to describe the first half of what you're talking about, Jesse, is the first half of this movie has a very soft touch. Everyone speaks very softly. Everyone has this like measured calculated almost synthetic tone even he does like thomas Mm. a anderson you know this like very generic man white man white collar this cubicle could be anyone it's just it has this great softness to it and then it it gets spiky it get it's punctuated by moments of of insanity like the body horror stuff yeah and the it, it gets rusted because the more you move into the real world, the more it starts to feel like that world. This like broken down, shambled, just like flying through sewer tunnels of just mangled metal. Like it's just so like the visuals are so great <clears throat> and impressive for 1999. It's amazing how well those visuals have held up. Almost all of them. Of yeah, course, the CGI anything... on the Sentinels, the CGI on the yeah. Nebuchadnezzar, like wow. There are there are a few moments, just as anything from 1999 is gonna have, where you're like, that CGI doesn't quite look so good, 
but man, it looks better than the sequels, especially when he's like fighting oh. off a million Agent Smiths. Oh, but we'll get to the that. The human we'll get to CGI that. is awful, but yeah. The human is. CGI is bad. <laughs> but, you know, they just do a really good job, I think, in the first one of pacing that first half of the movie to where you're fully engaged by the second half. And they don't even tell you, like, you know, we all, I think we all know at this point that I'm a pretty big lore junkie and I'm going to try my best to not like go on lore rants but i always say that that, that would be appreciated but <laughs> we'll give you we'll give you some leeway but yeah it's well we, when we talk about the second movie i think the second movie really gives more lore to this universe which i think is really cool because by the time the second movie came out the animatrix was starting to be thought about there was already a video game well, and uh animatrix we'll, is, ooh, we'll so get to good. that um but yeah so that's that's kind of to its credit but then the second half of the movie i think really shines as an action movie like a solid action movie like it kind of diverts from the philosophy and goes more action to the point where we have like the famous fucking gun scene where he's bringing all the guns into the checkpoint and everything and he like flips his jacket open and there's just thousands like it's just so like and I like I think that song is in the movie actually it is it is. is it? Yeah. When they're that. in like he's in that like corporate office lobby at the and he's like running yeah, around. I think shooting that, I think that's shit. yeah, I yeah. think that's the same scene I was talking about. Yeah, after we need scene. guns, yeah. lots of guns when they go to rescue Morpheus. That's a sweet yeah. action scene. That might be the best action scene in the whole uh the whole quadrilogy. Oh, it's actually. so good. Like even the action scenes but, are great. But like I like the point that um you were talking about how the second movie and I think the third one, those two movies kind of conflate in my brain because they were shot at the same time. They're like the same story, basically. Yeah, that's that's the Wachowskis going full on with their with their obsession with with their own lore. And I think it's absolutely to the detriment. I think yeah. that this movie, the original Matrix, what it does is it sets up a relatively simple like science fiction concept that points at a bigger depth, like the idea of the matrix, right? It's like reality is not reality. Boom. There's your concept. And it does just enough with that hinting at more that it doesn't need to go full tilt boogie into like nonsense territory, which it does, which the movies do later. It's like speaking to the exposition and how I feel like that was perfectly handled. I think that the elements of lore and background world are perfectly balanced as well yeah i i would have to agree i would i think that this world was bet is one of those worlds where it looks really awesome on paper you write it out you have it all all the different chapters like almost like a small little sci-fi short story it, it, it looks good you're like oh yeah that links to that and you can see it but when you try to take that that type of image and that type of um passion project and and try to put it on the screen and still convey the same amount of energy and love that you had for the written product and i think that's what, kind of what you're saying is where the wachowski stumbled is because they really got too obsessed with their own product oh my god way way over obsessed the first one represents kind of what happens to a lot of people in hollywood that they come out with something that is just like a real like banger you know and i don't know sometimes i feel like people don't have the artistic depth to sustain that especially when they every single thing that they make 
is based on that first thing, right? I'm trying to think of someone else who's done that in Hollywood, but well, Wachowskis have done other movies. There's just none of them have been good. I've I've seen, but it's they're weird, right? Because I've seen all their movies. I'm continually interested in whatever they produce. Maybe not after this fourth one. I might be fucking done. Oh, but, I'm done um, for sure. Um, I might be. Yeah, you've lost me, Wachowski. You're you're done in my book. Um, what was I saying? I'm drinking beer for this, by the way. We're doing two <laughs> episodes back to back. I watched one of the worst things I've ever seen. I got a six pack. Lost I Coast. <laughs> Hashtag sponsor us. Hey, oh my I mean, God, that would be an amazing. The color, <laughs> the color of the first movie, the way that they play Ooh. around with that is like perfect, and it it's so signature Matrix, right? That like off the green, green yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like all, and they tr- crank up the film grain in a way that's not fucking obtrusive. Yeah, which is so rare in a movie. It's like they just put enough of that film. I know. It was probably shot on film, so there is a, yeah. a pro- probably meaning most likely. So there is an element to actual real film grain there, but it it just it's just enough. And then when you're in the real world, it's clear and crisp, but like also these like muted browns and metallic rusty. It's rusty the the real world. Yeah, it's, it's corroded and and fallen apart and, and barely holding itself on. Like the real world is almost like a like an like a shitty car lot. Yeah, like a car junkyard. Yeah, <laughs> it you sucks. Know, it's like it's just like everything's <laughs> broken, and it's just like it looks like nothing it smells really like left. that, right? Like grease. yeah, and it's like only thing. Yeah, exactly. It looks like it smells like grease and metal, and like it, it looks like you when you take air tastes like pennies. Yeah, you know <laughs> what I mean. Like it, it, you just and mm-hmm. then like you know it, it has this this element to it where you kind of sympathize or sorry empathize with the characters. You go, oh wow, the, it's sh- is the Matrix better. Especially Cypher, right? Yes, exactly. Well, Cypher is a, <laughs> an antagonist that you kind of, I mean, at least if you're uh, following along the way I did, you almost like not agree with him in his methods, but you get it. You understand like, oh, I, I woke up and yeah, like I'm super aware now of what the real world is, but the real world sucks a fat one. Yeah. So put me back. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want to remember nothing. I just want to eat steaks and drink wine. I want to be an actor. Somebody important, yeah. he says. Yeah, I love that. Maybe an actor. And I love like the way he eats the steak. Like That scene makes me want steak every time. Dude, every, every... I feel like when I watched it this last time, I was like, every scene in this movie is infinitely rewatchable. There's no bad scene. I love every scene. And it's weird because, like, I think if you watched this for the first time today, if you're, like, younger or just for whatever reason never watched it, I could see somebody not getting in on it because the second half does get kind of silly and corny. But I think that that's okay. It's um, it's a weird balance. And that's what, what part of what makes it such an interesting movie is that it has that that element of realism in the first half and then it's like once Neo is Neo kind of thing, it's like we need guns, lots of guns, and rescuing. Once Mary Morpheus. gets the Sue next to his name, right? <laughs> once well, Mary he's gets just the Mary Sue. in the beginning, but then fucking hell. When so he knows, what do you guys? What do you guys I know feel about Keanu Sue. Reeves in this movie? I mean, um, I feel like this was a point in his career where he was really just like at that cruising, like, like what? I mean, he's still there. It just works. It just works now in a way that. Is it's, yeah, it's like he was like 
ahead of the times at that time. And so now his like vibe works with the current generation, I guess. I don't know, but like, you know, he was really criticized for his kind of flat performance in a lot of his movies and especially in the matrix you know he's a lot of reaction shots he's a lot of like reverse camera whoa just like looks just point to much ado about nothing to see like the difference in where keanu reeves was at this time almost in hollywood right that movie came out i think in 94 and he's with kenneth Branagh. Denzel Washington, Michael Keaton. He's with a whole cast of characters, and they're doing Shakespeare, obviously. And he sticks out like a sore thumb because Keanu Reeves has just a way about his diction and his cadence that is not very actorly like. It's not very theatrical. He plays Keanu Reeves. Yeah. That's yeah. who he plays in but, like every movie, and that's totally but fine. But it's cool it, because he is also now Neo. He is also Johnny Utah. All of his characters. John Wick. Yeah, they're all him. And it works, like you said. I don't know why, but it works. Well, he really, I think, picks up the Neo character in the next two movies. I think he kind of leans, once he becomes the Mary Sue, kind of becomes the one, starts flying around, that stoic composure starts to make sense because now he doesn't look confused like he does perpetually in the first movie. Whereas in, in the second movie, in third movies, he kind of has this like kind of serious, uh, almost z- like zen meditative demeanor about him, which is, I think, to his credit, he kind of leans into the character eventually and makes it his own. He goes, okay, well, this is how I make me Neo. And I think it works. Yeah. No, the first one is just a perfect little package. Yep. And it, I think it just, like I was saying, it brings like hacking in, which was kind of cool, like cool little themes like follow the white rabbit and 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 little like connections that you get to make later i just i don't know it it's cute almost i want to say but like in a really kind of cool way and then i mean let's just talk about iconic scenes i mean the matrix is just chock full i mean it is iconic it probably is the i I know i know the movie is like like, we've talked about on the podcast yeah, it's actually. I was just thinking that earlier. I was like, this is probably the most popular movie we've ever spoken about yeah. on the podcast, as far as like general reception. General, I mean, it's not a movie that we would have normally covered if The Matrix Four wasn't coming out. No, well, maybe, maybe at some point, but maybe um, down the road, yeah. But maybe I mean, down but, the road after a little while, we're like, what else is really great that we could just talk about? But I mean, we're talking like this movie is quotes and posters. Like this is a poster movie. I mean, like the I mean the lean the the dodging of the bullets, yes. the famous scene. I mean, like can we talk about how many times that's been fucking recreated? The little Bruce Lee callback. Like a lot of people don't even know that that little like hand like come at me thing yeah, the, is the, even the, from the Bruce Lee like, anymore. Come, yeah, it's Morpheus, dude. This movie changed cinema. Oh yeah, people who weren't like like alive or aware at the time you have no idea how fucking huge this movie was it was insane and it 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 spawned an endless array of sequels like yeah you're talking about the bullet time as well that was this new inventive technique that wachowskis did and this was their first movie as well they had written stuff before they'd written some screenplays that got adapted but for this to be your first film it was like wow who and, are these filmmakers that are blowing the world up? Yeah, and like, I mean, 
it and we can like I was just saying we can talk about like the download I know kung fu the downloading of the uh of being able to just like oh now I can fly a helicopter yeah so cool uh what what else oh there was, oh the stopping of the bullets of course what 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 would be your first one what would be the first program you got downloaded oh. into you like every la- every language every language Hell every yeah. language I download mm-hmm. like a language pack reading minds I don't know if the, you can getting download sorted, that one Alex getting sorted into Gryffindor um. <laughs> Oh god, I hate those, you. Those are actual fucking. <laughs> I hate you so much. But um, but like to match the awesome sci-fi visual effects that I think really hold up, like the the way the agents move, the sounds that go with it. Like one of my favorite movie noises of all time is that that weird cricket noise that the agents make when they dodge or move quickly. That like. <laughs> I can't yeah. even do it with my mouth, but you know what I'm talking about. It's yeah. that weird, like, cricket noise, <clears throat> and it so perfectly suits that movement. I don't. It's just. It's like peanut butter and jelly. The way the sounds, like the the way the guns sound in slow motion, that like classic, mm-hmm. like it's just so perfect. Like the little sound waves or like when the helicopter smashes into the building they do these great little visuals where it's like yeah it's a computer program so something that catastrophic in a computer program would have to like take a split second to register so like when that helicopter slams into the building it like creates like the waves Mm -hmm. on the uh on the skyscraper it's like those little fucking details are so great Mm-hmm. The, the, yeah. the, 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 the below shot that they shittily tried to recreate in the fourth one where the Ineo's like pumping minigun bullets into that building doesn't hit Morpheus at all by the way um, no and, he's, uh, he's Neo he's fucking he's, he knows where to shoot he knows where to shoot to hit the but snake. yeah they do that low that low shot looking up at the camera with all the shells like ding 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 ding, ding like falling on the camera it's just like it's so perfectly badass yeah, I like all the little side characters too, and I don't know if it's just but by the fact that I've seen the movie so many times that it's like that scene where Cipher is unplugging people, and these aren't people you know very well. What are they like? Apoc and Switch. They've Apoc, had like two, Switch and two, Mouse. Two lines of dialogue between them. My Mouse had a little bit more. Yeah, but and he when, doesn't get when, unplugged when, as well. But when. Uh, Switch, I think it's Switch. Apoc, yeah, Switch looks Apoc, at the yes. camera yeah. and she's like, she's like, not like this, not like this. It's like I tear up a little bit every time. Yeah, yeah it's really no. sad. And I like yeah, Mouse. I like how Mouse. There's this shot in this movie that I fucking love, and it's him hanging out, just looking at a poster of the woman in red, yeah. signed by the woman in red, who he created yeah. as a computer program. Yeah. It's, it's fucking so ridiculous. closet like neck beardy geeky it's like a mouse was almost i think like a caricature of what people thought hackers and like computer geeks were which is like i make pretty girl in computer and then and then she's my pretty girl you know right. like it's today this he'd whole... be into like like he'd have his anime body pillow or something i mean they even call him they call him like they don't they call him a virtual pimp mm-hmm. yeah because he tries to hook up neo with um the uh the woman in red. But again, he's like, I can, I can. It's so realistic. Get you a date because you know get you a date. that there would be that service and people like that if you actually had to live in this underground oh, hellhole yeah. of like machine like t- tyranny, right? I mean, it's hilarious afterwards because he goes, what does he say to him? He goes like, 
don't listen to these hypocrites, you know, like they've all fucking done it and I've written programs for them or some shit. Like that's the implication. He doesn't say that directly, yeah. but it's just Something like, like that. hilarious. You don't get the status of pimp unless you've like been successful yeah. before. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they call him a pimp because they all purchase his services. <laughs> like it's well, it's just a nice nod to the fact that if you can create programs and like I don't know sentient human looking and feeling AI within these programs, then insert yourself into it. Bro, there would be some hanky fucking panky going on. Well, I mean, sex, no doubt. sex is a hollow deck level. Sex is like everywhere and will always be ever present well, they, in human. But that's existence. the thing is like, yeah, exactly. Like the, the humans are created via like in vitro fertilization and like like test tubes at the point of like where the where they live in the real. There is no actual sex. So all the sex that's happening in the Matrix is entirely virtual. No Matrix. In so Texas. like the entirety of human humanity for hundreds of years has not had actual sex, and it's yeah. like that's something that's only as real as the taste of tasty wheat. Oh, I guess that know? makes the second one a lot. I was about to say, I more think the Zion orgy scene <laughs> makes more sense. Oh my god! Just one like societal. Okay. Do we want to? Do we want to move? Right. Uh, I think we should move along. Um, yeah, I mean, of course, we all love the Matrix. It's a great it's, movie. It's a hard movie not to love. Um, it's it's so well balanced. It embodies this really interesting like time. I guess it's it's one of the elements I didn't talk about was how it embodies late nineties cool. You know, with mm-hmm. like, like all black leather the jackets. sunglasses yeah. and the the leather jacket, punk aesthetic, mm-hmm. cyberpunk aesthetic. It's just a time capsule in that respect. It's a fucking sweet narrative. It just moves along. It does exactly what it needs to do. It tells you exactly what it needs to tell you for your brain to understand just as much as it needs. It's it's economic. It's well acted. We haven't talked about the fact that. Like Jeff was talking to me beforehand about how Lawrence Fishburne and um, what's his name? Hugo Weaving. Hugo Weaving, yeah. Like are just carry the movie in terms of the acting, which you can't really disagree with. They are both such power. It's so great that like they're kind of the antagonist, not protagonist, but like the 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 mentor versus evil. Yeah, because they're so... They're so equal in stature and grandois, like like speeches and I don't know that speech that Smith has with Morpheus when he like takes off his like earbud and he's like the stink of it and he like grabs the sweat off his head. He's like, mm-hmm. taste can taste it. it's in the air and he like sticks it in his fucking nose. Like, it's nauseating. Like it's so like just gritty and real and i just mm-hmm. love that scene and he's like you're well, a plague a bacteria speaking of nausea and a plague let's talk about the matrix too uh, not, we're not quite there yet bud we're not there we're not yet no, i the think the, Matri- the matrix yeah, matrix 2 is still oh we're at oh no, we're at oh, the we're, matrix oh we're two. at the matrix 2 we're just yes. not at yeah I was gonna, I was gonna explain that a little bit i was gonna say no nah, it's not that bad it's actually the second best one it has some interesting ideas, some good action. So I'm sitting in the doctor's office right now, and my pain scale thing is about four for the Matrix 2. So it would be like a one or a zero. I'm quite, yeah. not quite yet at biblical plague level, but it's getting You're there, folks. You're not begging for painkillers and something, just anything to end the pain? Yeah. Quite not yet? Not yet. 
Not quite. I mean, painkillers, just the human killers. Just shoot me up with some arsenic for this last yeah. one. But yeah, for the second one, I think the second one um, is a fun movie to watch. I think it, it definitely, if you're going for that heady sci-fi that the first one had, good luck. Uh, it tries. It, it try, It's there in like little micro doses, but for the most part, it gets lost in bad <sighs> CGI, weird plot premises, uh, kind of fumbles in acting choices. Like I honestly think the Oracle, like the first Oracle, wasn't the greatest actress ever. Personally, I think. <laughs> oh, sec- I thought she was way better than the second one. Interesting. I like the second Oracle. Well, maybe a matter of taste on that one. Yeah. We don't need to spend a tremendous amount of time on it. I don't know. The second one has just, it turns the action schlock up to 12, not even 11. It turns it up to 12 and that's to its detriment. Which is a crazy statement because compared to the third movie and the fourth movie, it feels subdued. Oh yeah. But but when you're watching it, you're like, oh, your brain starts to just vomit a little bit. It's like, okay, okay. Action schlock, action schlock, like tone it down a little bit. But um, yep. it can be fun. Like that whole that whole um, freeway sequence, I think, is pretty fun. Oh yeah, I mean that just the the. I mean, when you're just looking at that as a, a sheer piece of filming, like all the yeah. cars that they had to like blow up and destroy and flip and people phasing in and out of cars and samurai swords. That was just a lot of. Just, I'm not even talking about like what's happening in the movie. I'm talking like actual real life just filming that scene like on the because they actually filmed it on the LA highway and you know they green they CGI'd green screen the you know trucks colliding and shit like that but those cars that are just flipping on the highway like that was all practical effects yeah what this movie did was it it took the second half of the first matrix that I that like the fact that it becomes completely cartoony and it dials that up to 11. Like I cannot take the Matrix as a as a property seriously after the first film. But it gets interesting because this is where the filmmakers start to take it super seriously in a really weird way. Mm-hmm. And this is where the Wachowskis become interesting to the detriment of their own films and because it's like they go so hard into like bonkers philosophical narratives that are so fucking convoluted and badly handled in terms of the exposition that it's like I'm not I'm not having trouble understanding it like I I understand what the architect is saying at the end but I think it's still one of the worst scenes in cinematic history which is echoed again in the next film when he sits down um, with the oracle and it's just this shot of them sitting on a bench for 20 minutes explaining things. But yeah, it's a uh, it gets this is where this series starts to get bonkers in those in those categories. Yeah, the whole scene with the architect and everything and like learning that there was other iterations of the one and like see I love all that. I fucking love all of it. I, I love it. all the story. I, I hated it's that. So I was just poorly like, handled. I was just like why though? They made it so complex. Yeah, I can forgive that, though. If you're writing something that I'm interested in, I can forgive that you fumbled telling it to me. If I, Because then I can go and kind of put the pieces together myself and have fun with it still. Like, but I see, like, that's you. You like lore. It does nothing for the story. It's like, it doesn't. It does nothing for the movie. I'm not talking about like, but, when, but that is 
something of value is when the, the movie tries and fails to tell you a story, but tells you enough of it to still make you interesting. I know I what you're saying. I know what you're saying, Jeff. But like, I, I don't me, agree like, that Mar- it's a, a success. I wouldn't use that word. But I see what you're saying, like the lore and the world that they have implied and maybe haven't constructed quite well enough still kind of intrigues you, right? And you're still kind of like, huh, the world you built is interesting enough for me that I can get over how you're presenting it to me. So I I get that. That makes sense. But I can't fucking do that with this movie. Yeah, I like, like the Merovingian is a really cool concept to me. I love the Merovingian. As the actor, I think, did a really good job. He's very, like... Is it the French guy? You know, he, okay. Yeah, the Frenchman. <clears throat> but I like him because he was the oracle of his version of the Matrix. And his version of the Matrix was the Nightmare Matrix, the second one that they Jesus. called the Hell Matrix. Where, and that's where, like, it was flipped because the first Matrix was Eden. Uh. It was t- a Garden of Eden, and the humans rejected it. And the second Matrix was a literal hell. And that's where you like werewolves and vampires and all these myths that we ca- we came up with come from, because they're old programs, exile programs from the f- from the second iteration of the Matrix that haven't been able to be fully <laughs> deleted. See this this is that shit's this, cool, man. I don't give a is, fuck what is, you this, say. That's cool. This is where this is where I think you could make a really good novel. And maybe if you made this movie with a more skilled director who didn't utilize 90% action schlock, then it could have been an interesting movie. But as a movie, like as a movie concept that you're just throwing at me, I kind of want to punch you a little bit. I I I don't understand that reaction. I don't. Like, because it's because I'm interested, because I'm showing genuine interest in something that. No, not you. I don't want to punch you. <laughs> Not right now, at least. I think we've had a uh, misunderstanding of uh, where the violence have. is going to be directed. No, at. the violence is not directed towards you. It's directed towards. It's just. It, it just it's just superfluous, right? Yes. It doesn't do anything for the narrative. It's just like throwing lore at me. Yes, but when, lore like, don't okay. when there is no narrative and it's just actiony bullshit. Yeah, the only thing to grab from is the little bits and nuggets of interesting story that they tell you. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, you're not wrong, cool. but that's a problem with the yeah. movie that yes, you have to do that. Uh, it's uh, it's so short-sighted to say that because a movie has a problem, it is, it has nothing of value. Well, no, I'm not saying I didn't that. say it has nothing. But it's a We're not saying For that. me, it's a glaring criticism that when I watch the second and third movies, I'm just like, huh. Why couldn't like why couldn't have been more like the first one? The first one had action in because, it because it wasn't. No, I just mean like, why couldn't I, it? I just mean that it wasn't as superfluous like the way that Jesse is saying. Yeah, I didn't need that. The, it's we, not. It's a Lord dump. So every single yes. time there is a pause or a reprieve from action, all I get is exposition and an explanation of the world they live in. When it's like, I don't want to see that. I want to see these characters act out and act their lives out in this world that they've build, built. And then let my fucking imagination build the rest of it. Like, I think you can balance it, Alex. The first movie balances exactly. it perfectly, as we've exactly. said. You can, do, you can do both and make it not feel like it's just careening off the rails. But, but that's not what they did. So 
like you can say what if all you want and say like they could have done this so yes they could have made four perfect movies and that's an equally <laughs> valid thing to say it's of equal logic than what you guys are saying i'm not yes, holding they, them they all up could have that, been though. good i'm not holding but them since up they weren't four perfect since movies. in in the world of the real that we live in and not the matrix that you guys are in right now <laughs> They're not good movies, so right. since we're, they're not we're criticizing good movies, movies, it's very weird for us to do this. <laughs> but uh, it, since they're not good movies, you have to, if you choose to, you can you can wholesale right off the movie because it's not fun or it doesn't make sense or the lore doesn't provide anything to the context of the movie. You can do that. Or you can try to sift through the pieces of this shit sandwich and find the little bits of turkey that still taste good. I like that. I think I like that. I think it's interesting. I think it's an interesting movie. I think it. It. I mean, of course, it fails to be the first one. It fails to balance the elements. I do think the elements you're talking about are the most interesting parts because. When I'm confronted with just nonstop schlock action, my brain kind of turns <laughs> yeah. off. I can recognize when it's like interesting filmmaking, which is why I do like point to that um that scene on the highway because I'm like, wow, my brain is interested because that was really hard to make, and I can see kind of what they were doing. And no, I, I agree with you. I'm just saying like this is where the series starts to deteriorate. And as someone who is more interested in having a cohesive narrative than I am in a background context, then this is where that starts to fall apart. Now, it's, it is it is interesting background context. It's just not good for a movie. But when that's all that there is to eat? Yeah, no, I, I think we're on a more similar page than you think. I don't know, I just don't no, believe. Like, it's the same thing I run into with like uh, pop music. Like there are people who just wholesale write off pop music or write off a type or genre. And it's like, well, no, there are gems. There are songs that generally suck, but maybe the vocal track is good or maybe the instrumental is good and I can find uh, the instrumental without the vocal. Like there's something to say about kind of picking through things instead of wholesale writing them off just because they're not good. We're not writing it off. No, yeah, hold up. That's, but hold I, up. I think that that's something that happens a lot no. in movies Alex. and these type of movies. No, I can take this and I will take this because I've watched this movie several times. But what I can do after is say, hey, this that you just made fucking sucks. And I can point to the chef in the kitchen. I could point to the waiter who brought it to me and say that's what criticism is. Yeah, but it's not going to make it not suck anymore. But that's that not the goal of the, the, of this discussion. <laughs> I can't. I would never hey, remake. We're just analyzing a piece. I of would art. never remake the, Rev- the Matrix Reloaded or Revolution. I don't think that this is a good movie. I'm not defending the movie as a quality. My point is really just a counterpoint to the way that you guys are like. Well, the lore doesn't matter because it's not done well well that's what happens if you don't do it well enough your own lore that is actually really good the the audience is just so beaten into submission that they can't even understand it because it's just so much action and it's so much car flipping and it's so much of yes i get neo is a cool fighter i know he can do cool bullet stuff but it's like could you not stretch out any of the talking or the dialogue 
and make it more realistic for me to like really get into the lore that you built because i agree the story like backbone that they came up with is great but it just i don't know the way that they give it to me is the only way that i know that it's great jeff is from talking to someone like you right who like goes into the lore and would be like okay i enjoyed i enjoyed your discussion just now about the lore more than i did watching the movie and that absolutely that's a problem there's a value that's a problem because you aren't a filmmaker and wachowski is but we're not to sit here 20 years later and try to analyze and why the matrix reloaded is bad to me but that's what we're doing it's it's silly though because it's like yes it's a it is a categorically unequivocally agreed bad movie and just try to like say any more about it is just an overtalked concept it's like what what does it do well that still carries over from the first movie and how does that lo- slowly degrade over the third movie and the fourth movie you know we're talking about something in the first movie that's so strong such a great concept and premise and how does that premise degrade instead of being like well it's like shitty action schlocky it's like well yeah but there is still bits and pieces and cores of the original movie and it's like if you want to have fun and enjoy it try to put them together (laughs) i mean is that what we're saying though is we're saying oh it's just schlocky and it's just shit i think that's the general consensus on this movie hmm is that it's like these movies, the second and third movies are just absolutely terrible. Well, what I've been just trying to say, and I think that there's like a breakdown here, is that I think this is an interesting movie because it does have all these lore elements which are interesting and it does have all this action which some of it's interesting and it just becomes this blueprint for what the Wachowskis would end up doing for like their career, which is a kernel of a really interesting idea. They start with this core, right? And, but then turn it into this self-indulgent, like, schlock, <laughs> which is crazy. I think we can all agree, though, that the third one is a shit show. Can we agree on uh, that? The second one's a shit show. Like, the second one is <laughs> an awful one. movie. It's, it's it's totally fucking drops so, the ball. Okay. It's just, it's just me, there's something let, to be let, eaten out of it. <laughs> Let me ask you this though, as <laughs> as the as the resident lore fanatic, do you feel like they set things up that were interesting in part two that they failed to like capitalize on in part three, or do you think it's just all part of the same like weird Bro, shit sandwich? You are thinking like they actually put any thought into that at all. <laughs> like like I don't think I don't think any of them <laughs> set up anything that's in any way paid off or good. I just think that there are ways that they carried little nuggets of information. As someone who writes a lot of fantasy, I get this a lot where I'm trying to like translate it into a D&D campaign or translate a story into something else. And you start to lose bits and you start to panic because you're like, oh my God, I, if, we, if I lose too many bits, I lose the whole thread. And that's your kind of jaded mind. And I think that's what happened in the second movie is in order to tell the movie, the action movie that maybe the studio wanted or maybe the Wachowskis wanted, they started to, things started to fall off 
and that's kind of to a detriment. And to answer your question, I think yes. I think everything that they set up in the second one was totally fucking fumbled. It is the sandwich is it, the sandwich <laughs> is not the same. It's been sitting out in the sun, and now it's just like a yeah. moldy, like fuzzy white ball. Ugh. The third one is ninety nine percent. Look how cool these mechs are. Oh my that's god! Uh, there was a moment. I think it was around the 30-minute mark of just straight minute-to-minute insane sci-fi action schlock, bearing in mind that I had watched the previous two films basically in succession before this, so my brain was already just completely addled, and I just started laughing. (laughs) I started laughing like the cackle of the insane, like I should have been in a straitjacket in a white padded room, because it's just so much fucking information and none of it means anything and it's like yeah it's like five and a half hours of this i i just broke my mind broke that like this movie made me fucking laugh so hard there's a moment where neo when he's blinded and he he, he gets like fire vision <laughs> and he sees he sees bane Who's like whose soul is taken over by Agent Smith, <laughs> and the fucking fire entity has sunglasses <laughs> on to, to tell you that it's Agent Smith. God. And I just died. Oh my, my brain, like my brain, was destroyed by this film. <sighs> There's no way I can say that enough. The second that Smith came into the real world, is when like the tectonic plates of this franchise just fucking fractured and the rest of the franchise just floated away into the sea because it was just lost. It was gone because you're just like, wait, what? Like, wait, all of this lore, all of this logic that you've just painstakingly tried to like force upon the viewer, you're now just going to fucking ignore? Like, Holy shit. You have to just like that had to have been the moment where the Wachowskis just threw up their hands and they were like, fuck it. You know, I don't know if we've drawn enough attention to how miserably stupid the whole fight scene was in the second movie where he's fighting. Oh my the god, the C- army, army of, of CGI Smith versus CGI Neo. Using a telephone pole. Yeah, oh my it's god. terrible. This is the part but, when he but, puts it into the ground and he's like spinning and kicking, like walking around yeah. and he like, like a looks ball court. Up, like like to god. check if he's I don't know, there's this the way he looks up is so dumb. I, I, I can't that scene it's like he's throwing around <laughs> actual sacks of clay. The way that the CGI moves. I have a note for the Matrix 3. I'm just going to read it to you verbatim. Army of Smiths in the rain. I was laughing. I don't understand the Wachowskis. <laughs> that's my uh, that's my distillation of that. It's, it's just... It's so unfortunate. I, guess, I, think, I think I feel the same way I feel with the second and third movie that I do with the... the David, the Fincher, um, Dune, sorry, Resin Brain. Uh, um, Lynch, David go. Lynch. There you go. There you go. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I, I got sidetracked from this point in the last, the discussion of the last movie because I'm drinking heavily to get through this. But <laughs> one of the interesting things about the Wachowskis and what I feel like is signposted in these movies, especially at this point, when Neo goes in back into the Matrix 
plugged in by the machines and he fights the army of smiths in the rain. I was like, this idea that the Wachowskis have a kernel of something that's really fascinating and then have this amazing ability to turn it into something that is borderline unwatchable is something that's so fascinating to me because it's echoed throughout their entire career. After the Matrix movies, they did Speed Racer, which is fucking unwatchable. They did um, Cloud Atlas, I think it accepted. Cloud Atlas is pretty interesting, although I haven't seen it in a decade. I liked it when it came out, and then Jupiter Ascending was... I don't even know what that was trying to do. I mean, Cloud Atlas is not their story, though, right? I don't. It was an adaptation. Yeah, I right. mean, obviously, Speeders. <laughs> Speedracer is not their story, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I haven't seen any of those yeah, I. other works. There's, I'm only ever so seen the Matrix movies. How- well, <laughs> don't, 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 don't do them. Don't see them. A Cloud Atlas might be interesting. A younger Jesse thought it was interesting, so I don't know. <laughs> Tom Hanks says stuff with some prosthetics on his face. Cool. It's kind of cool. sci-fi. I don't know. I just, yeah. I, I, I think I just feel like this movie real this trilogy really had at its core something to say a story that was worth telling and that was interesting and and to drop the ball this hard on something that could have been like so good as a trilogy is is nigh unforgivable like they they shouldn't have been allowed to make any more movies they should have got their SAG cards like removed, like revoked, and like that's just or whatever like director's version of SAG there is, because <laughs> it, it it it's it's unforgivable to allow your own story to become like this <laughs> just cafeteria sloppy Joe of a fucking trilogy. <sighs> it's it's so- depressing. Do you think this is one of the worst, if not the worst, example of like sequels? Well, that's I, I was. I, let me address. I would like to address <laughs> okay. this. Okay. Because I love Jeff's point there, and it's it's kind of the point why I felt we should do this, because it's one of the most interesting trilogies in cinematic history, because it does drop the ball so hard, and yet deep within it, like way deep under the skin. And this is to Jeff's point about the lore. You can see brilliance. The brilliance is there. It's just so catastrophically, strangely mishandled in a way that my brain can barely wrap itself around. Where it's it's like, there are tons of movies that I see that are frustrating or stupid. Like we, we talk shit about Roland Emmerich and like that sort of like, like put the stamp on the movie, rubber stamp, like just generic movie and these are not that the Wachowski movies are not generic at all they have these elements of of we keep calling it action schlock but there's really no other way to put it it is fucking schlock it is beyond ridiculous visually and emotionally and everything in Ali and yet there is that core and you want it to be good you want it to be good you want them to succeed because it's a cool fucking idea with cool little tangents that are like surrounding it and it just never fucking works and it's sad it's, it's really it's sad. sad and that's i think why to kind of go back to like my little point earlier was just i think that's why i try to cling so hard 
to all of the little chunks of lore that they have in this movie is because this movie, when I was a kid, when I first saw the first Matrix, blew my mind in a way that I don't, I maybe the Lord of the Rings is the only other movie I could like put up there, like where I was just like, wow, like that. See, I was older than you guys and I was 12. So, so I had not been brought into these sci-fi ideas of like, what if reality is not reality? That simple question I don't think had been put to me before. And this was the perfect vehicle to put it to me because this is a very digestible, well done action movie with those concepts. You know, speaking of the first one, of course. It's kind of a George Lucas thing. If you think about it, because Lucas is the most famous example of somebody not knowing what it is that makes the thing that they created great there's the example of him like messing with the the original films in all sorts of ways and then of course the prequels which show that his uh i mean i don't need i mean i don't even need yeah, to go there. we don't need to <laughs> delve into george lucas's fall from grace but it's like the wachowskis did what lucas took 40 years to do in the span of two movies that came out in the same year it's like like they didn't understand what made the first movie great it's like they kind of did i feel like it's like waking up every morning and storyboarding every single ui idea that you have right it's never taking the moment to just be like okay is this actually good is it going to work yes it's related to the lore but it's like, are we writing a D&D character's handbook here, or are we making a film? And I think that's, that's exactly like a, what we're trying to say, is I think that they wanted to do both. Yeah, which is insane. To Jeff's point, like all of those tangents that they wanted to go off could have been interesting and are interesting if you look at it from a meta perspective. But when you shove all of them into a film, it's just a mess. It's, yeah, yeah it's an, I just... The key maker. Yeah. Cool idea done awful just done for the architect cool idea done awful like it's just one after another after another where it's like you kind of it's almost like it's almost torturous it's it's almost fucking it's torturous because bro especially after watching three of them in the same day definitely torturous it keeps lobbing up these great ideas and like a dumbass you keep going for it and then it just drops my brain if i if we could see like i don't know a cat scan of my brain it'd just be matrix code be like a live action live action it's just like matrix code just going haywire yeah it's it's i mean like oh i mean we're talking about iconic let's talk about the code i mean you put that you put that image the code is awesome anything apparently there's a lot of hidden words in the code because it's like a mix of like english alphabet and like Asian Fuck alphabet and like Greek alphabet. Fuck the pain away. Yeah, but like, yeah, it's crazy. Fuck the pain it's, away. Yeah. And the idea of like the way they like look through. I'm not even acknowledging it. Fuck you. Um, the way they look through. He did it. He uh, acknowledged it. They can it happened. see through the matrix. Like they, I loved that idea. Like how he was when he goes up to Cypher in the first I just one, see blonde, blonde brunette, brunette, redhead. You know, it's like, I love that shit. And then they're just like, I want to drink some of Dozer's bathtub hooch and look at the Matrix code. <laughs> and then they just uh, Neo season code and code. It's like, oh god, why, why? It's just 
Yeah, it's sad. It is kind of sad. You know, because it's like... I don't know. Like I said, <laughs> it's waking up every morning and thinking every single idea needs to go into the film. Yep. Right? Like, it's not... It's like calling a meeting of all of your writers, and you're like, okay, guys, we gotta write this scene. And you're like, we just fucking did this yesterday. You can't possibly have an idea this good again <laughs> this... that goes into the film again in this frame. You know, like, it's just, do we want to be cyberpunk? Do we want to be Buddhist? Do we want to be just kind of generalist, Eastern, weird philosophy? Or super Christian stuff? heavy-handed? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, really, and it's like, really heavy-handed. Like, I don't know what the fuck I, we want this. It's called Zion. Be. Like, they couldn't I get know. any, they couldn't even call it, like, Myon or anything like it was, <laughs> <Mayan>. <laughs> had to go like oh no it's Zion like in case for the dummies in the back in case you can't hear us it's Zion hey. <laughs> are you trying to go somewhere Alex uh, no no with that with that okay. no I just mean that like okay I feel like they were so excited about their first movie and the idea that they created as they have every right to be and I honestly think they got a little too excited in their like indulgence into their own yeah, story, it's, which isn't it's hard, right? Isn't a sin, and I I know what that's like, right? It's just as a filmmaker, you when you put stuff out there into the world, like I don't know, it's just it's hard, yeah. right? Because <laughs> the Wachowskis have ideas mm-hmm. and they have talent. I'm never going to say they don't, but it's like, I don't know what happened. Maybe going from nobody to the top of the fucking world in the span of one movie and like your movie, your idea, yeah. like changing cinema, having so many copycats to the point where like there are endless Matrix ripoffs, like endless, maybe more than any other film, maybe accepting like Pulp Fiction or something. Oh no, even more so like the Matrix is like just it's in it was in commercials for a little. I bit. wrote a Matrix ripoff when I was a kid. One of the first things I wrote was a comedy. I think it was in I was ten or eleven, and I wrote a comedy with some friends called The Latex, where it was like The Matrix, but it was all like condom and dick and piss jokes that like ten year olds. Would, would and like I we wrote this. I like we, that. Do you do you I don't still have, have it? No, no, no. Can you yeah, read it we to like, us? We, I remember sitting down in the library and writing this and like, oh man, this is I don't remember. Like I remember like Trinity was named like Tri Titty and she had like three. Bo- I mean, we're ten. We're ten. Okay, so let's put all the this in ten year old context. This wasn't last week. <laughs> yeah, and so like she had like three boobs, which we thought were was hilarious that concept, and then they like did that on like a scary movie down the road. <laughs> that was a um, uh, that was in that's famous scene from Total Recall with Schwarzenegger. Is it? Yeah, the three boobed alien. You got to see that if you don't. If you don't remember that, you got to watch Total Recall again. I haven't the seen Total Recall magical. in years. Years. Maybe years, we'll years. do it on here. Talk about body. Um, <laughs> Talk about body horror. Talk about insane. But I don't know. I, I think we've kind of talked it to death. Vanity, you know, destroying something. I think when people ask, like, why can't you make a book into a movie? Just gesture broadly to the Matrix trilogy. <laughs> was it a book? What do you mean? Uh, I think it was. I honestly think it was written like one. I think they wrote it like a continuous prose, like a narrative. And then they tried to adapt that into a movie. 
I honestly believe. It yeah. just has that feeling. It has something that was done, written, had a period and a the end symbol on it. If it feel it wasn't, but it feels like that. It feels it like feels it'd be like a really that. good a really good long complicated book for sure. Yep, like it an should Isaac have been level, like kind of like weird like like ultra reality type of book. Yeah. No, it turned into just a book for lore nerds. We it just it turned into wanting to make that and also wanting to I guess appeal to a mass audience with like the car chases and 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 mechs and 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 and, and yeah. war warfare ships ah, it's just so bad well to to round this one out I came up with a comparison which I never thought I would come up with it never came to my brain before but watching these two movies I had a comparison to Zack Snyder because it's this is bludgeoning action schlock that beats you in the face mercilessly while at the same time having lofty philosophical aspirations that completely fail like Man of Steel what I what I could not foresee, however, <laughs> to to lead into our next episode is that the Matrix Four would make Zack Snyder look like Stanley fucking Kubrick. This might be <laughs> the most painful cinematic experience I've ever had. It, and we'll that. leave it there unless you want to say something. I'll edit no, it down. No. Okay. That's it. Fucking, we'll be back. Look forward to it. Unfortunately, I'll be I'll be drunk because <laughs> I need to be. Oh man! Bye. All right. <clears throat> Stop. Now our podcast is done And we have to run We know it is sad But we had so much fun Don't be bereft Jesse, Alex, and Jeff We'll be back real soon The Real Weirdos We talk about movies For way too goddamn long Boo 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 boo.